assembly, and we were privileged to hear uh, General Superintendent uh, Crocker speak to us on both Thursday and Friday. Uh, one of the things that our General Superintendent said on his Thursday night uh, message was that every December, he goes into his prayer closet, spends pretty much the whole month asking the Lord to give him a word for the church. And as he began to tell us what that word for the church, the spirit resonated in me and said, this is absolutely the word for the church. Uh, this, is, this is what we need to hear. And so this morning, I'm going to be borrowing heavily from his Thursday night message uh, because I believe this is what the spirit is saying to the church. And I want to uh, encourage you to embrace the promise of God for us individually, for us as a congregation, and for us as a church. In preaching, the superintendent asked us this question. He said, God has a new thing in store for us. Do we want the new thing that he has in store for us? Or are we just longing for a return to normal? And this is, this is the word of the Lord. Isaiah 43, beginning in verse 16. This is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and there they lay, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Throughout the Old Testament, prophets and sages alike remind Israel of the fact that it was God who brought them out of Egypt and made them into a new people. Previously, they were not a people, but after the action of God, they were a people with a promise. And this truth was important for prophets and sages to reinforce continually for a variety of reasons. God wanted Israel to know that they didn't create their God like the nations around them, but God created them. They belonged to him. They had a responsibility to him. He pr protected them. He provided for them. When God gives Moses the law, they are reminded that the law is given to them as a gift to enrich their lives. And that God is doing this because he created them. And he has a responsibility to them as well, to lead them in ways that would enrich them and allow them to bless those around them. He takes on that responsibility himself. And God was using Israel to remake the world through them. And so again and again, the prophets remind Israel that they are in a special relationship to God, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They remind him that God delivered them from Egypt, that he parted the waters of the Red Sea, that he fed them with manna and quail and provided water in the wilderness, that God gave them a land flowing with milk and honey, and now in this passage, Isaiah is speaking, in this passage, we find Israel again at a time when, once again, they are facing the judgment of God. They have been faithless. 
And Isaiah is announcing that they are going into exile in Babylon. It's gonna happen. No negotiations, it's gonna happen. It's, it's interesting to note that in this passage, Isaiah tells them that the word of the Lord for them is that they are going into Babylon for their sake. Now that's, that's interesting. If you think about it, how do any of us understand entering tragedy for our sake? That's, that's not an easy concept to embrace. The immediate application of this promise in the word of God as spoken through Isaiah is, you're going into exile, but trust me to make a way through it. I, I have to be candid, I, I wrestle with this a bit. Exile means war, deprivation, extreme hardship. In, in retrospect, I wonder how anyone in Israel was able to understand that God was taking them into exile for their sake. I mean, none of us think that way. The minute we think that tragedy is facing us, it's always the enemy. It's only in hindsight that we can see that God permits some things to happen to enable better and greater things to come forth. And we can't always understand that when we're in the middle of it, okay? We can't always understand that the chaos around me is something that God has permitted and that he will use it to bring strength and glory for himself out of it. It's not to say necessarily that in every case that he caused it. We just don't know. There's a mystery, a fundamental mystery here that we can't always figure out. But regardless of our ability to understand it in the moment, this is what God has revealed through Isaiah. Times will be very hard, some will not survive, but God does have a plan. This is what verse 19 says. See, I am doing a new thing. In this place where there is desolation, loss, and pain, God is doing a new thing. This promise in Isaiah is directed to people who are about to go to a great loss. And the message is, hang on to hope. The people of God will survive, and God will use this test to bring you through to greater usefulness. But bringing back the people from Babylon after the Exodus isn't the only new thing that God is doing. This is a prophetic passage, and it's prophetic on various levels. The immediate application is, hang on to hope, there's some bad days ahead, but I will bring the nation through. But one of the future implications of this prophecy is that God is preparing the world for the coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the new thing that God is doing. The way in the wilderness that Isaiah describes, well, Jesus is the way 
the truth, and the life. And we understand that in Jesus, we find a new way, a new life, a new way of living. And, and many believe that when Isaiah is speaking, when he's prophet, prophetically speaking here, and he talks about the streams coming in the wilderness, that's a reference to the Holy Spirit. Not only do we have a new way in Jesus Christ, but we have a way by the Spirit that brings life and joy. Isaiah asked the people of his day, can you see it? Can you perceive what is coming? I'm convinced, as others are, that this promise is not just for Isaiah's day, not just for the day when Jesus is born in Bethlehem, but that it is also for us today. God is forever the God of new things. He is infinitely created, creative. And for those who look with the eyes of the Spirit, we can begin to see the new thing that God wants to bring to our lives. But there is a prerequisite to seeing. Israel's identity has been forged in this Exodus story. The prophets and the sages have continually reminded Israel He's the God who brought us out of Egypt. He's the God who opened the Red Sea. He's the God who fed us in the wilderness. He's the God who gave us the promised land. He did this and this and this, and so we should respond to him. And, and Isaiah begins to recount that story, right? Made a way through the sea, pathway through the mighty waters, drew out the chariots and horses. And then in verse 18, he just stops, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. What a shocking word from the Lord. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. What are you saying, God? Forget the events that caused us to be a nation? Maybe it's Stop looking backwards. Forget the past. Stop dwelling in the past. God is doing a new thing for us now. Strain to look forward. Search for the new thing I am going to do. One of your previous pastors told me this story. They said that when they arrived, in the aftermath of a difficult time in this church when some folks had left and departed to other places and morale wasn't as high as it ought to be, that there was a picture hanging in this church. And it was a picture of all the folks assembled at the front of the sanctuary here, about 350 people standing here, all smiling at the front of the church. And he said people kept looking at that picture and thinking about how things used to be better. And they longed for the old days. Those days when things were exciting and predictable, when it felt like everything was going smoothly. And the more people looked backwards and longingly dreamed about the past, the more impossible it became to convince them to look to the new future that God had in mind for them. And the pastor said to me, 
the picture had to come down if the church was going to look forward to the new thing that God could do. I honestly believe that this sermon is for us for today and this promise is for us today, but I honestly believe it's a sermon that's true for all of my colleagues who are in situations just like ours. Because you know, we pastors, we talk to each other. And we talked about the fact that for many of us, only about half of our folks are back after COVID. And COVID has sort of dismembered us in some ways and, and left us exhausted and robbed our passion and all these kinds of things. And, and the temptation, of course, is just to look back and wish we could have everything the way it was two and a half years ago. But if we want the new thing that God is doing, if we want to see what he is about, we're going to have to stop looking backwards and look forwards. Because the goal is never to return to normal. The goal is to look for the new thing that God is doing. When we just look in the past and assume that that's what God wants to do again, we get ourselves in trouble. I mean, you know the story of Moses, right? The people of Israel in the wilderness, they run out of water. God talks to Moses and says, strike this rock, water's gonna come out, water comes out, everyone's happy. And then time passes. And then the people are grumbling again later. We need water, we need water. And Moses doesn't even bother talking to God. He knows what worked in the past. Last time I just struck the rock. And so he just strikes the rock again. And God reprimands him and says, that wasn't your instruction. That wasn't what I told you to do. You just decided that because something worked once before, it would work again. As if, as if all you have to do is figure out God's method and you can act for him and you can bring the new thing to pass. We can't do that. We can't make the new thing happen. Unless God builds the church, we labor in vain. But what we can do is we can pledge ourselves to look forward to the new thing that God has in store for us. And we can seek his spirit and we can trust and hope that he has a new thing for us and ask him to bring his new thing. The way the new thing comes, the way the way is made through the difficult times, the way the streams of living water come in the new thing are the same. Jesus is still the way forward. The Holy Spirit is still the one that brings life and joy and all that we need to receive the new things that Jesus is doing. Whatever challenges we face as a congregation, God will make a way for us. He has supplied that in Jesus and through his spirit. We used to sing a, a chorus Maybe some of you remember it. Sing it with me if you do. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, he will make a way. God will make 
away. The Holy Spirit is the gift that turns the wilderness into an, oa into an oasis. I am equally confident that as much as this promise is corporate for us, that it is personal for you. It's personal for you. What's true for the church is true for you individually and for your family. God is in the practice of making a way for his children. He says in Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He can take whatever situation is around you, observe the meager resources that are there, maybe a few fish, maybe a few loaves. He doesn't need a lot to work with, thanks be to God, because we're not much. But in his hands... We are more than enough. He will take what is here and he will bring his new day not only to us as a church but to your family and to you personally if you will look for the new thing that God wants to do. Will you forget what the past held? Will you look for the new thing that God is doing? Can we do this in our homes and our families? Graduates, can you trust that God will make a way for you? Or have we just given up on situations? Uh, things can't get better. There's no rescuing that. That's so much water under the bridge. What does it take to hold on to the hope that God is doing a new thing? Can we... Can we do this in our church? Can we do this in our families? Can we do this personally? You might say to yourselves, ah, numbers are kind of small. We don't have as many workers as we need. The culture is tough. But we've been told, pray that God will send the workers, right? We've believed that he turned the world upside down with just 12 rascals. And we have more than that here. And we know that he can take just a few loaves and fishes and, and feed thousands. So why wouldn't we be the most optimistic people around and look for the new thing that God wants to do here among us? We can choose to forget the past. We can choose to believe that God is doing a new thing and that he will include us in this process if we will trust him, if we will hope in him, if we will seek him, if we will allow Jesus to be the way and the Holy Spirit to be the life among us. Will, will we embrace that hope? Will we believe that God will do that among us? I'm going to invite the worship team to come back and we're going to sing a song. And I'm hoping that this song we sing will give you words to answer that question. Will you trust him? Will you look for the new thing he is doing? Will you dare to believe that God will, that he can and will do a new thing in our lives, in the lives of your family, in your life personally? I ask you, claim this promise that God 
is doing a new thing. Heavenly Father, help us to get a glimpse today of the new thing you are doing. Give us the gift of faith to trust you, to believe that all things are possible to them who believe in you. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. And now may God, the immortal, invisible, all-wise Father, give you grace to see the new thing he is doing and grant you hope to move forward with him so that he might realize his plans for us and in us to his glory now and forever. Amen. Amen.